and you're feeling all alone only you to hold your own no one there to help you only there to hold you down so stop don't beat up yourself cause it's everyone else so don't look down look up Welcome to another exciting episode of the Battles We All Face podcast, where we help you get from where you are to where you want to be and help really provide you hope in these uncertain times. And folks, on this show, you never know what can happen because uh, Jojo, who normally does a show with me, unfortunately, has had to tend to some uh, personal matters and stuff that's going on there. All is good, all is fine, but she's not going to be here with us today. So rather than just do the show myself... I reached out to a very, very good friend of mine who is herself an author, who is herself a coach and has got many, many years of experience and just in so many wide ranges as well and really brings all that experience to the table anytime we have conversations as well. She is the host of the We're Talking Shift podcast and a dear friend of mine. And I want to welcome the awesome Laurie Bischoff. Laurie, how are you doing today? Hi. Well, I'm pretty good, all things considered. Uh, this was a little unexpected, but a, but a welcome surprise. So I, uh, last minute, as as you reached out to me, I I scrambled and got myself together, and and here I am, happy to jump in and um and and be part of your show today. So thank you. You're very welcome, and it's great to have you here, uh, Laurie. Like I say, runs the and, and operates the We're Talking Shift podcast. Similar stuff to what we talk about here on the show. Uh, but we guess from around the world as well. So definitely, definitely go and check that out. Um, it airs every Wednesday, I believe now. For, for us here, it's in the UK. It's at 6 p.m. that it'll launch for you guys in the USA on your very, very various times. Um, it launched, I believe, is it 2 p.m., Laurie? I think uh, I think it's first thing in the morning. First so any time between um, six and nine a.m. and uh, we'll be resuming because I've had a little vacation for about two months. Kind of stretched it out a little, but we will be resuming our the show um, very soon and back on schedule. That's so exciting! I can't wait. I can't wait to to see and meet all the different guests that you've got lined up because um, this year so far has been actually really, really great, really great content that's there. And um, again, just a wide variety of different guests that are there, folks. But today, of course, you want to know why we are here and what we're talking about. After last week's show that Joe and I covered, uh, we got several requests and emails from various different people, very different places. All that was saying more or less the same thing, that in 2022, I think worldwide, the inflation prices are going AWOL, skyrocketing. They are just literally blitzing here, there, and everywhere. And it's the same, I believe, here in the UK is, is for folks in the USA, in Canada, Australia, around the world. And one of the questions that we keep getting asked is, how do we survive during these very, very challenging times? So I'm actually really glad because Laurie and I tend to see things as 
they're, they're meant to happen. They, they're divinely purposed. And we love doing shows like this, especially when you talk about things of the spirit and other things. So we're going to offer a very different perspective to probably what you're going to hear a lot of other coaches offer today. So Laurie, are you ready for this show? Are you excited? I am. I'm I'm ready to go. I, I'm still pounding down some coffee, <laughs> get on, getting all the circuits fired up. So let's do it. Well, before we begin, I think a great place to begin is, Laurie, what has been the most interesting thing that has either happened to you this week or that you've learned? Hmm. Okay. So interesting is... Um, I think I think the learning part. What's interesting about about this is um, I spent the week uh, with my family, uh, relatives, cousins, aunts, uncles, um, in Minnesota, <clears throat> because I have a an uncle who's like a father to me, uh, who is currently in in hospice care, and. Um, what I learned from being there and being immersed in that whole process and with my family is actually more of a reminder of how incredibly, incredibly valuable and important it is to stay connected with your family. Um, and it really comes to the it really comes to the forefront when there's a situation that's somewhat uh, you know dire or an emergency or you know somebody when you when your people need you uh, it's it's really important um, to remember that staying connected and just being there even if there's nothing that you feel like you can do but just just being there for people. Um, without even having to say anything is so valuable and i think it's easy for us to all get so caught up in you know what we think we have to be doing every day and and you know the commitments we've made and and what we have going on in our lives and not to minimize that but but when something like this comes up you know like it did for me random one day you know i got the i got a text and it said here's where we're at and i had to i had a whole schedule for the entire week i had clients you know booked and all kinds of stuff so i canceled everything you know you just and everybody understood every you know when you have to make adjustments like that for something that's important mo most people will understand that um families and family emergencies take priority yeah. And everyone is very understanding and um, you know what we'll get back to it when we get back to it, so I was able to go without having to worry and stress and just be there, you know, with my people with my family and um, immerse myself in this process and it was so incredibly valuable, so I would say it wasn't so much about what I learned, but what I was um, very um, starkly reminded of. That's really, yeah. really cool. It's, it's um, my old minister used to call it the power of presence. You know, mm -hmm. that whole idea that you didn't have to say anything. It was just the fact you were there. And there was so much power in just your physical presence being there for other people. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's um, very powerful mm -hmm. stuff. And, and like you said, when you're going through these issues and these the, the transitions pretty much in situations in life, um, it, it is a time where family, hopefully at least, you know, does come together to spend those moments with your uncle, with, you know, your parents and, and things like that. And um, 
oftentimes I actually feel that it, it you know sometimes it can bring the worst out in people but more often than not it does bring the best out in people which uh, obviously it did in your trip there I know you had some chaotic stuff trying to get back home but, <laughs> <laughs> but yes but thankfully you're back home yeah yeah so that was another um you know I am an incredibly patient person <laughs> I I am just it takes a lot mm -hmm. to get me to a point where I'm ready to to lose it <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday, yesterday about pushed me to the brink. Um, you know, we all have our airport, you know, flights from hell stories. And, um, and I had I had mine <laughs> yesterday, trying to trying to get out of Denver back into Cody, Wyoming. Um, so on a on a plane and pushed away and ready to take off and nope, back to the gate mechanical issues and sit on the plane for a half an hour and okay, it's not gonna be worked out everybody off the plane oh, wow. oh but there's hope we have a plane two gates down we're going to put you on that one and send you yay everybody's on that one and we push away from the gate and we sit for a half an hour 40 40 minutes mm -hmm. and nope technical issues on this one wow. back to the gate off the plane and wait in the airport for another two and a half hours for another plane to come in and pick us up uh so you know it all worked out but but sitting captive yeah. you know for so long twice <laughs> yes. uh, but I kept reminding myself I just I had to really really work hard to remind myself everything happens it's good maybe maybe all these delays are are saving you from something else yeah. that I can't foresee you know trust in the mm -hmm. timing um just this is when this is when you put into practice all of the work yeah. that you do and talk about you know as your life's work you talk about being able to you know master your emotions and being calm and being kind even when you know there's stress and people are getting frustrated you know those are the times where now you need to put your money where your mouth is and you need to practice what you preach and what you say you believe in so that was a a wonderful test <laughs> and I succeeded <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie it was definitely testing however um, when I was waiting for that last and final flight for two and a half more hours um, as usually does and I was sitting for uh, having a bite to eat and uh, and a glass of, of wine to relax and I met a, a wonderful person that we sat and chatted for an hour and a half and uh, now we're going to visit uh, when we're in Florida because wow. they live near my son and so I made a new friend um, so there we go uh, who knows that is was, super cool yeah yeah so if you just you know if you just really again practice what you yeah. what you preach and uh, trust in the process and not let yourself get you know crazy mm -hmm. oh and here was the wonderful bonus though John. There's, more. <laughs> there's more this is a good one though in between one of those chaotic on off moments i think it was uh after the second flight my uh i was on the phone with my husband letting him know about the delays and he said oh by the way they dropped the mask mandate here in the yesterday, course, yesterday yeah. in the middle of the afternoon. So I looked around because I didn't know I was on the I was on a plane. And then I looked around and I could see that almost no one in the airport had their mask on. And so I was that was just a nice little bright spot, mm -hmm. I gotta say, to not have to put that thing back on. Yeah. 
you know, on top of everything else. So there was a little, so we celebrated uh, with our wine. <laughs> at the restaurant and uh toasted um i know everyone is not excited about that but i am and i know that a lot of people are yeah. so i mean so well, there was that yeah well absolutely i mean you know we were having this conversation with family over the the weekend obviously it was easter celebrations for for those of you who obviously haven't right. seen you but happy easter to you and happy easter to laurie and, and eric and everybody um you know and, and it, it is really interesting but the conversation that came up is really surrounding the whole idea of, of taking the masks off and, you know, people still being terrified. And I can understand it because Laurie and I, both of us, you know, really teach uh, and we talk about a lot, you know, you, you've been conditioned essentially and the world has been conditioned pretty much for two years straight. You know, you got to wear the mask, you got to have the vaccine, you got to do this, you got to be all the social media or all the social distancing things. Um, maybe there should be social, social media distancing. I don't know. But the, the reality is that when people have been conditioned that way constantly for you know two years, 18 months, whatever it's been now, it is going to take some time to readjust uh, for sure. But like you said, Laurie, you know, I know a lot of people that are happy about it and excited about it. I've now gotten to the stage because of the way that my life is shaped that I almost forget, you know, my wife and I went on a hike uh, about two weeks ago for my birthday and we, <laughs> we went in to use the facilities afterwards and only when we came out did I realize neither of us have worn our masks, you know, because it's like we live in a whole other world, basically, yeah. Um, right. But um, I know right. a lot of people, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, it, it's, uh, it's true. Um, you, it's amazing how quickly, um, I think, first of all, it's amazing how quickly I feel everyone adapted to having to do that um, for, you know, good, bad, right or wrong, it, it did. And uh, very interesting and amazing at how quickly word spread yeah. like wildfire. I mean, people were getting notes, you know, and uh and you know like i said i got off the airport and i looked around i'm like this just happened and yeah. <laughs> there yeah. were no masks around um and so it really was uh indicative of how many how most mm -hmm. most people were simply tolerating this only because yeah. they had to yeah. and uh were you know that sense of liberation mm -hmm. uh and relief that came over most people when that was done. I didn't see anyone, maybe one person that kept their mask on right. yesterday. So there are still people that think it's a good idea. And, you know, they fortunately, they have the freedom to still wear their mask. So good for them. They can still wear it all over if they want. But the rest of us don't have mm -hmm. to um, acquiesce to that any longer that feel that it's not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, probably in many ways, the most interesting thing that I've, you know, discovered in myself, probably in this week and in the, in the previous weeks, has all been about not worrying too much about what other people are saying and what other people are thinking about what you do. Because I think the way that I'm seeing life more and more now is, you know, at your maximum, you've got 120 years, um, you know, most of us are probably not going to live that long. And when you kind of look at it from a different perspective, a more divine spiritual perspective, you're here for a purpose and you often know what that purpose is, but it gets clouded by got to go to work, got to make money, got to do this, got to do that. And I think what I'm discovering more and more now is I'm not, I'm no longer worried about, you know, well, what about if someone doesn't like that book or if someone doesn't like that painting or someone doesn't like that show. And I'm like, 
120 years physically, I won't be here anymore, but I will have left behind a legacy and something special that's still going to touch people's lives. I'm not going to care whether people liked it or not. So that's, I think for me, what, what I've been learning more and more, you know, as, as I'm going through and relearning, uh, you know, and, and it's okay, you know, because other people are going to have, you know, all their opinions and everything, you know, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. You know, you've 8.6 billion people on the planet. They're all going to have an opinion. I don't need to listen to any of them. You know, I can hear them, but I don't need to listen to them. Two very different things. Um, yeah. But obviously, as, as we move into uh, now, you know, spring, certainly here in uh, in Scotland, it's, it's a glorious sunny day. I know we were talking about that before we came on air. You know, now all of a sudden we've got a, you know, seemingly a new problem. And uh, folks that have watched the show, and obviously Laurie and I, you know, you know this, that Life is really a series of problems and our ability to navigate them. That's, you know, from the time we are born to the time that we physically leave this planet. And inflation is now one of the biggest problems that seems to be all over the, the world. Obviously, stuff that's going on with Ukraine and with Russia and Putin and all of the stuff that's there. Mm. And it's one of the questions that I don't know about you, Laurie, but I'm certainly hearing and seeing an awful lot all over social media. I know it's been on mine several times. And through a series of emails as well, and people are saying, "How you know, can you do you know a, a show and, and a talk um, all about how to navigate this?" So I think it would be really good, obviously, from the different perspectives. That's why I'm glad you're USA based. I'm here in the UK. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're pretty much seeing the same things. Um, I know Lillian Garcia a couple of weeks ago, uh, a mutual friend of ours. You know, she was filling up her, I don't know if it was her SUV, she was filling up her car, and it cost something like forty five dollars to get it like halfway. Mm-hmm. How are things over there? <laughs> yeah, the same. It's um, it's we haven't seen this kind of inflation. Gosh, um, 30, 40 years, wow. um, I think something like that. It's been a long time. Uh, so it's um, it's it's pretty steep and uh, and it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight, although we know there will be, but I, I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better. So um, just, I think mentally preparing for that is probably smart. I think a lot of people are really struggling right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, gas is, gas is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, when, when you have, when it costs you more to get to work (laughs) than it does, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to be there and pick up your paycheck at the end of the week, it's, it's people start to wonder, you know, what, what, what can I do? I'm between a rock and a hard place. Um, and, and that is very, um, depressing and stressful and confusing. And I think a a lot of people are really at their wits end between, you know, between what's been going on with this pandemic chaos for the last, what, two years now. And now, now that I think people are very exhausted and just, um, really, really hoping and looking for a change and you know unfortunately we the things that we can't control we we can't control we can't change those things and it's very easy to get so wrapped up in that um because it's a conflict that you can't manage so the only thing that we can do then right is do our very best to keep um turning our our energy and our our focus away from the things we can't control back over to okay what what is going on in my life that I can control? And and there's a there's a lot. There's there's things that we can do um, that hopefully will just 
lessen the stress, even if it just lessens the stress a little bit and the fear uh, while we get through this this next um, phase. And I think uh, one of the things that I've talked about before that I think is really important because it really comes down to attitude and mindset is not actually viewing this as the next problem. Mm-hmm. Correct. When we look at everything as a problem, a problem elicits stress, it elicits fear, it elicits, uh, I have to find a solution, I have to find a solution, I have to find a solution. So there's desperation, um, which again leads back to fear, because what if I don't? Uh, it A problem does not usually inspire you to want to get up in the morning and tackle yeah. the day, right? So I think the first thing that I suggest that, that you do, whether it's this or something else, is is reframe that in from from a project to a or from a problem to a project so now instead of this is the problem i have to figure out this is the project that i'm working on because a project elicits an entirely different attitude and mindset and hence feelings and emotions right a project is something that you feel like you are you are molding, you are creating, you're figuring it out. You know, it's a it's a challenge that that you are working on because you want to, because you choose to. You are, you know, if I have a project, I'm excited to get up in, you know, in the yeah. morning and tackle my project. So I think if a person is able to remind themselves to reframe that into a project, it just brings a different set of emotions you know, to, uh, to the forefront. And so you will, you know, maybe you're experiencing the same things, but you're experiencing them with a different attitude, a different mindset. Therefore, you're going to generate different emotions and hopefully then less of the negative emotions and more of the, I can do this, you know, here's what I can do. Here's how I can shape this. Here's how I can rethink this. Uh, so I think that's a really good starting point because everything, as we talk about, you know, so many times, John, is everything starts in the mind. Right. Yes. So when you're up against something like what we're up against now, the place to start managing is in the mind. Yeah. And then once you get that shifted, then you can start you know, working on the things like, okay, maybe I need to review my budget and I review my budget and I really look at what I can live without right now, or where can I reallocate funds? Um, You know, instead of going and getting, um, you know, Starbucks every day and getting my manicures and pedicures and getting things that are not necessities, you could reallocate those funds to, you know, maybe stashing away um, a little more in your savings account. So you've got a little bit of a, you know, something there uh, to to lean into should you need it. Uh, Taking on no more debt is really important. So if you can, you know, train yourself to um, make sure that you're not adding debt to what you may already have or taking on new debt and kind of digging yourself into a deeper hole, which is going to make you even more fearful. So, you know, those are a couple of things that I think people can start doing to survive this this next phase. Um, Refocusing kind of back to what I was talking about earlier, refocusing on things that are really, really 
probably the most important, which is always the relationships in your life. So taking your focus, you know, do what you can do. You, you, you know, if you're going to work, you go to work. If you have to put gas in the tank, you put gas in the tank, but don't get upset about it then because it doesn't change how much it's going to cost you. If you're going to do it anyway, then stop, you know, don't bitch about it. Don't complain, just do it. And then keep your, you know, feelings and emotions focused on the things that are at the end of the day are really the most important, which is your relationships. And I, I think that keeping that in mind is is really, really important. I also think, uh, especially because we live in a small community, um, that if you do have to go out and you know spend money or go out and do something, that you really try to remember to support your local businesses mm-hmm. because they're in the same boat that you are and you want them to survive, they're trying to survive too. So if you do have the resources that you need to go out and do something or you're, or you're able to go out for dinner or you know buy groceries, whatever, I think the most important, one of those important things you can do to support your community is to support your local businesses yep. and not, you know, not big chains that are nationwide. Don't worry about them. Worry about your, your local you know, community. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. Those are just a few things off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean that 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 was you know fantastic. It really was, um, you know, and it's I think it is so important because, like you say, we are all in the same boat. But there are a few things to remember from that as well. Is this isn't new? <laughs> this is the first thing that I tell every single person anytime we talk about this. This is not new. Again, if you study your history, you know this has happened. The stock market crash in the nineteen twenty nine, I believe. We talked mm-hmm. about that in last week's show. It crashed. You know, we had crashes in the 1800s, 1700s. There was fights. There was wars here, there, and everywhere in the United States. Obviously, you had civil war. You had friction here, there, and everywhere. If you know your history, you know this has happened before. That's the first thing. The second thing is it always is shuddery, and it always goes all over the place. There's always a lunatic somewhere in the world that is causing mayhem and havoc and everything like that. That has always been there. You know, I've had several of them since I've been alive. And Laura, you may have had a few more since you've been alive. But the reality is they've always been there causing havoc. What you need to know is it does level out. It's like the stock market. It levels out. It seems a little bit shaky, but on the whole, it does level out. It is important, like Laurie was saying, not to panic, not to get into that mindset. And again, you know, we've talked about this before. Our business is changing. Now, this past weekend, actually, one of my big celebrations, this weekend, uh, Art From The Heart Facebook page reached over 115,000 people. All over social media. It was phenomenal. If they all buy a painting, I may be in trouble because I don't think I've got that (laughs) amount of life left. And especially, but it was amazing. But what I'm finding as well is my businesses can be a little, the, the ones that they're going to make the, the bigger income for sure, but my wife's piano business is the one that's the most stable. So mm-hmm. an issue when my business is going through all these changes, and like Laurie was saying, you can't control what happens externally, but you can control what happens internally, how you respond to it and what you do. So I'm looking around and I'm saying, well, my main focus right now is my book that's coming out in November. My main focus is, you know, what I'm doing both with Laurie, with Joe, with other people around. I need to figure this out, actually. So as we've got income streams coming in, what do we do? So I said to my wife, I said, how many more students can you take? So she gives me the numbers. I said about marketing her business, Left, Right and Center. I think within a weekend, her lessons were full up. It was brilliant. And this leads me to one of my most important points to really keep your mindset. 
And I don't care what you know this about me, folks. I don't sit under any religious labels anymore. I don't care if you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Sikh, you know, Jedi, whatever you want to be. God is the source of your supply. And in God, there is no lack. Okay. Now, if you call it God, if you call him universe, if you call him source, I call him divine spirit. If you call him, you know, Mike Rogers, whatever you feel comfortable, I don't mind either way. For me, like I say, it is important to keep that mindset going because you're not doing this yourself. And I think oftentimes when we're born, we come into the world, we do all right for the first nine months growing in our mother's stomach, we're born. And then literally on day two, it's like life is a struggle. Life is difficult. And we're great. This is ingratiated into us, um, you know, that life is difficult. Life is a struggle. And when you start to think about it, it's like Laura was saying, it's a series of tasks, it's a series of adventures, it's a series of whatever projects, you know, don't get so bogged down by the external situations. Remember, it has always been out there. There's always been a lunatic. Remember this, but you have survived to this point. You've not only survived, but you've thrived, you know, and when you start looking around and saying, actually, I might not be able to control everything out there, but I can do some stuff in myself. So here's a little list for you folks, just, just to, to rattle off, to give you some ideas. Remember, first of all, do not get stressed, okay? Easier said than done, I know, but remind yourself, God is the source of my supply. In God, there is no lack. Everything that God does comes around to fruition, okay? That's what you need to really ground yourself down in. I do that all the time, especially when my businesses are changing. Why? Because it stops me from worrying and be like, well, we haven't got money here. We haven't got money there, you know? But my wife has got that st steady stream of income. We may not be losing money or we may not be making as much money, but we're not losing any money. So we're actually doing well here. And I know when it comes to November, that book with our publishers and everything, yep, have fun with that one. You know, so that's the first thing to remember. Second thing is keep focused on what you're doing. All of these external storms and things that are going on can very easily shudder you and knock you around on your course. And that's what they're designed to do. But if you're keeping focused as to what it is that you're doing, like Laurie said, if it's going to work, a story that Alan Watts tells, and Laurie, you've probably heard this one as well, because you know, I think it's been told by a number of people. People go to the mall or the, or over here, we call it the supermarket. They load up their basket or cart full of goodies and then they go to pay at the, the checkout or at the till. See, we're, we're doing bilingual here, folks. Mm -hmm. And what you tend to find is they never sit there and say, oh, look at me, I've got a basket full of goodies. They feel upset because they have just parted with some very, very well-fabricated paper. That's what they get upset, as opposed to, oh, look at what we've got, look at what we've actually... They think about what they've lost. We've lost mm -hmm. the 30 pounds, but we've gained a, a, you know, a, a shopping cart full of goodies. And it's remembering what you have, because that can make it see the difference there between the energy when I talked about losing, but when I said, oh, we've got a shopping cart full of goodies, you know, it's a different energy. You want to keep in that high energy as much as you can. Yeah, and yeah. I think, so. I was just going to say, Laurie, and, and, I, and I want your, uh, your opinion on this, I suppose, for, from, a, from an American point of view as well. The one thing that I'm probably really focusing on as an organization, as our businesses this year, more than anything right now, is building assets. And the reason I say that is because so many people go to work for a paycheck and, and for, um, for a weekly or monthly salary. Now, that's good. It's steady. Is it going to get you to a point of financial freedom? For me, I can honestly say probably not. Um, what you tend to find as well is you're going to trade 80,000 hours of your life. That's statistically what they say you trade 
if you work from 16 to 45, 16 to 65, in fact, and it's 80,000 hours of your life that you are going to trade. I sat and I thought about that and I thought, uh, you know, again, I want to build my businesses. And when you're looking at all the financial stuff and all the, you know, again, money historically has lost its value. It goes down in value. So you want to make sure that whatever you are saving, you, of course, want cash. Um, you need access to cash, but you also want to make sure that wherever you're putting money, banks are not a good place. We've covered that in a previous episode, but it is going into building assets. And, uh, you know, again, there are people out there a lot more, you know, um, uh, able-bodied and everything to talk about this than I am, but I know, you know, that the, the S&P 500s uh, are very good and, you know, index funds and things like that, they are the most safe things. And it means that your finances are going to be growing. But I tend now to, to work more for, for building assets than I do for a paycheck, because again, I know the money depletes if it's in the bank. Um, and we see that all the time. But also it means that it's constantly making money. And my, my, my latest thing, which Laurie and I, I'm sure we'll talk about after the show is, I, I sat on the sofa the other day, really kind of just, just tired and just, you know, just, just not, my mind was, was you know, just, a, a, a plethora of all sorts of different stuff that was going on and um i said you know i'm, I'm tired of, of having to work for money and this seems like a really strange thing to say to people because you know they look said well we go to work we get paid i was like what if what if we could condition and, and create our lives that we got paid whether we went to work or not and that's something that we're building up now through courses we're going to be putting them on skillshare and um it's a shorter version of Academy. I'm trying to think what it is. Adamy, I think it is. But also Udemy. on our various... That's the one. Yes, thank you. Um, but also on our websites and things. And we're building up those, you know, streams of income without having to be constantly there all over the time. Because it means, again, it means the more time I can spend on my paintings, making better artwork, but also the books, the more we can help, the more courses we can build. And it's a simpler less frantic way of working more than anything else so i would definitely encourage you hey don't leave your job until you have got income streams but hey build up these income streams and learn how to do this mm -hmm. while you are working there's no reason why you can't stop working i have a friend of mine that's in oxford he's a doctor he gets paid very very well but he also has a phenomenal youtube channel and he's also got courses here and there and everywhere so, you know, you can do these things, but it takes the stress off. Have as many income streams as you possibly can. Laurie, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's really, really great advice. Um, and it was one of the things on my list, too. Um, I had it worded as invest in yourself. Yes. Um, but yeah, so if you have the, the time and can, you know, uh, allocate a little bit of resources if you need to, to learn something yeah. or to develop some skills to invest in yourself, um, that would lend itself to creating some other revenue streams. That's if you have the opportunity to do that and can figure out a way, I think that is brilliant advice. Um, always good. You can't go wrong by investing in yourself. Yeah. And you know what, even if you are not in a position just yet to, you know, to create something, uh, to invest in yourself, to create some other um, forms of revenue, you can invest in yourself in other ways, like maybe you want to invest in up leveling your health, which is the most important thing you can invest in because without your health, what do you really have. Right. So you could still say, well, I, you know, maybe I'm not quite in this position to do some of these things yet, but I can 
I can yeah. eat a little bit better. I can move and exercise. I can still invest in myself. There is, you know, if you have access to your internet through your phone or your computer, you can invest in, you know, uh, increasing your knowledge and your wisdom. Yeah. You can invest in developing a closer relationship with your source, uh, which brings me to your other point about, um, you know, with the source of your supply, which I think is so fundamentally yeah. crucial to um, not get caught up in that fear-based, scarcity-based mindset yeah. of, oh, there's only so much of what I need to go around and and the pie is only this big and I'm not gonna, I can't get any of it um, because they think that the source is all out there. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, um, if you believe in God or your higher power, the universe, if you just believe in, um, you know, energy, it, all of it, all of it is all out there and available. Your source of of prosperity, your source of abundance, is is not your employer. Mm -hmm. As much as it feels like that, and it's very hard for people to wrap their head around. But if you're able to consider that somehow, um, you know, our creator the source of everything has managed so far to supply everything that we need. Yeah. And, you know, for thousands and thousands of years now, people have been surviving with a lot less yeah. than what you have now. So there is a way. And if you place your faith in that source, as opposed to, you know, whoever signs your paycheck, uh, that will, I think, help you um, relax a little bit and feel like everything's going to be okay. Just, you know, keep that relationship strong. Um, and, and I think uh, understanding that, you know, abundance, abundance is available and it's not the same for everyone. And not getting caught up in... Uh, it's like your your shopping cart uh, analogy, you know, you not getting caught up in what you think you've lost, what you think is not available or what you think you can't have and really focusing on, yes, but am I able to have a roof over my head? Am I able to eat? Am I able to feed my family? And sometimes you need to just pare things down and really focus on, okay, we're, we're okay, then we're going to be fine. And just one day at a time. Uh, I know it's easier, like you said, easier said than done, but it is possible. And billions of people have been doing it for thousands of years. I like that saying um, in, uh, I don't know, I don't remember where it is in the Bible, but it's, um, it comes to pass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, understanding that it comes to pass isn't just feeling like, okay, pretty soon this is gonna be gone, pretty soon this is gonna be passed and pretty soon we'll be somewhere else. I think looking at that from it comes in order to pass. It's here for a reason, whatever the it is, it's here for a reason. It's coming so that you then can pass through it so that it can pass but not because not like you know it's a it's a <laughs> it's a storm of locusts ah and it's and it's it's gonna pass but there's a reason that the locusts come 
right? So I think having faith that for whatever reason, this is here because it's meant to be here because we're meant to pass through it. It's meant to pass through us and just not resisting that just putting yourself in that place of, of instead of, it's like, you know, swimming against the current. That's if you right. just go with the current, it's just so much easier and you suffer so much less and it will pass. Yeah. So I, I really like that you brought that up about the source of our supply, mm -hmm. um, you know, focusing on uh, instead of what you can't have, what you think you're going to lose, what you think everybody else has that you don't have, that's a terrible yeah. thing to focus on. And it will only keep you in a very stressed and fearful state of mind, which does not help your situation. But it also, you know, actually attracts to us. I know in, in the course that we did for teen life coaching that um, we talked about this and we've talked about it individually and collectively, you know, you end up attracting into your life that which you focus on. You know, again, right. it's like Wayne Dyer has said a number of times, you know, you know, before he passed, you know, that um, what was it thought was the ancestor to all action. There is nothing that is that hasn't been thought of. You know, the houses that we live in, the, you know, the cars that we're driving, they all came from a thought. And mm -hmm. a person literally got up one day, saw a boulder and thought, hmm, I could turn that into a wheel. And then someone else took it a little step further and thought, oh, I could add a chassis to this. And then some genius, you know, I believe in the 19, I want to say 1920s, maybe even earlier than that, actually, you know, decided, oh, I know, let's put an engine in this. And I believe his name was Henry Ford. And, um, you know, right. it, it's, it's when you start to see again, okay, this has gone on, this has happened. But again, it's where you place your focus. That is what is going to happen. That's why at the moment I sit there and I'm just like, okay, great. We had, a, you know, I, I literally watched the audience double over the weekend from 50,000 to 100,000. I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. Now, did any of them come in and order straight away? No. So anyone could say, well, John, uh, well, you got a lot of people there, but it wasn't a success. I'm like, but it's the first time that they're seeing me and for the, on this page. And for the first time, 150,000 people, you know, that's a big deal to me. And I'm seeing that as a yeah. success because I know that's going to come in. That's going to happen. And what's right. the alternative? I sit there and I say, oh, this didn't happen. It was terrible. It was a waste of time. You know, again, see the difference in the energy, folks. This is what we're talking about. So, yeah. You know. And and to your point, I mean, how do you define success? Mm -hmm. So that person's, yeah. you know, one person's definition of success can be totally different than another person's yeah. definition of success. Yeah. So there's not just one. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember as well that, you know, while all this stuff may be going on around you, if you can control, and this is where we're talking about inner engineering and self-mastery and self-maintenance um, and things, you know, if you can control how you respond to it, as opposed to, oh, well, my boss only signed my paycheck, but there was a little bit less in it this week and you get frustrated and wound up, you know, you need to learn how to master that a little bit better and say, okay, well, he gave me this, you know, I can talk to him calmly and say, Phil, Bill, whatever your name is, do you realize you only paid me this? Again, how you respond to these situations is going to be indicative as to how the result plays out. And, yeah. uh, you know, what is the point in stressing out and worrying about it? Because like Laurie said, you know, Laurie deals a lot of stuff in health. You know, 
I have I've talked about it a number of times on my own self. When you get worried and stressed out, that's when ulcers start happening in your inner stomach lining. You know, that's when the weakest part of your body is going to start aching because you are putting all that acid and that negative energy in there. This is where a lot of diseases come from because in the most sophisticated, you know, I, I suppose computer known to man, i.e. us, very yeah. few people have actually learned how to use it and that worry and stress doesn't help the situation because it prevents no. you from finding the answer and seeing the solution. Right, right. Yeah, our bio computers, uh, we're literally chemistry making machines and stress um, creates um, cortisol and we are not um, designed to be able to take that input of that hormone cortisol coursing through our blood all day every day in fact i just read something the other day while i was on the plane <laughs> one of them uh reading that i think the i think the stat was like 90 percent of all doctor visits end up being stress related because it's the, one of the number one things that are causing health issues with people they don't understand a lot of times that Every emotion that we have is um, literally creates a chemical reaction in our body. So if your emotions are always fear-based, yeah. stress-based, anger-based, distress, I mean, anything that's really negative and it's a, and it's a um, habitual state that you are in, you are, your body is making chemicals that correspond with yeah. those emotions and uh and that is going to have detrimental effects on your health it's not maybe it is it's just a matter of time and how in your particular body is it going to manifest yeah. might be a heart attack might be a stroke might be heart disease might be ulcers you know it could be any uh, might be depression it might be yeah. any number of things but it's going to happen if you have a habit of being in that kind of emotional state. Whereas if we are able to um, learn how to manage, how we respond to things, as you say, which you can do, um, a lot of people are under the misguided notion that they feel and then uh, then they think, uh, but it's the opposite. It's you think and you ascribe a meaning to whatever it is out there and then you feel. And so you can learn to reverse that and manage that. And when you learn how to become a master of your emotions, you then are becoming the master of the chemical lab that's going on inside of your body. And you will, by producing healthy chemicals, you know, the the dopamine and the serotonin and the, the things that make you feel good, the, the good happy hormones, you will be in a much better than state of mind to manage whatever it is that you need to manage in your life. So it's really important that people understand that whatever you're thinking and whatever meaning you are ascribing to what you're thinking about, there is the, an immediate yeah. response in your body. And you get to control what it's going to be. Are you going to create, you know, the chemicals that are going to harm you? Or are you going to create the chemicals that are going to make you feel okay from okay to great? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the crazy thing is, I know we've talked about this a number of times, it takes 0 0.009 of a millisecond to go from thinking it to perceiving it, to acting upon it. It happens really, really quick, quicker than you can blink. And you might say, well, you know, how do you guys know this? I say, well, 
because as you guys know, I, I study social science, I study psychology and neurobiology and things, and I enjoy studying these. And when you realize that your brain, okay, it's not just this, you know, thing where you just turn up and it's like, oh, I look amazing. You're a series of atoms and cosmetics basically put together. That's it, you know? So when you compare yourself and you say, well, I look better than that other person, what you're actually saying is my genetic structure and my atoms have been formed better than that other person. We've talked about that before. Again, language folks, think about that conversation for another time. But the really important thing to remember is that your brain is a muscle. It is you know, one of the most ugly, to be fair, um, parts of your body that there is. Scientists will tell you that it is kind of gross, um, but it is, it, it's, it's an organ, it's a muscle. It's, it is basically the neurocenter of all that goes on. And the reason I call it a muscle is because it can be shaped and it can be conditioned like a bicep or like a pectoral muscle or like a gluteus maximus, you know, basically by what you put into it. So when you're sitting there watching horror films on a Saturday night and you're then struggling to sleep, you're stressed, you wound up, you wanted to drink to excess, do you spot a possible link that's going on? When you are sitting there and you're in church, for example, and you feel, yes, this is really good. The, the pastor gave a great message today. We're singing all these happy songs and you leave church feeling amazing. Again, do you spot a correlation? I challenge you this week to spot correlations when you feel happy, when you feel sad, begin noticing you know, these different things that are going on. If, like Laura was saying right at the beginning of the show, you know, you are looking at investing in yourself, but you don't have necessarily, or let me scratch that, your awareness of money isn't there yet. It hasn't physically appeared. Um, then there are a ton of free stuff out there. I mean, audiobooks now are all over YouTube. They're all over websites, all over the place. It is the direction uh, to save the trees that I think a lot of the things are going now. Um, you know, you can educate yourself in a phenomenal way. You know, last year, I've talked about it so many times, I get excited about it, because from like February, right the way through to December, I've listened to 763 books, the knowledge that I got from that was unbelievable. That's mm -hmm. how you know, we talk about so many things that are there. And when you start to do these things on a regular basis, like daily, you know, you find, first of all, it doesn't become a chore. It actually is exciting because you're doing stuff that you love. Secondly, if you put your headphones on at just the right volume, it actually interrupts your pattern, your thought wave pattern. It's a thought wave pattern interrupt. And it stops you from worrying, from getting anxiety, from panicking, because your brain physically can't focus on those things while the audiobooks are going into your ears and speaking to you constantly. It's almost impossible to think about worry at the same time you've got someone either feeding you information and telling you the opposite. That is why, like we always say, you know, conditioning your mind is like conditioning your body. It is so important uh, because if you don't do it, as Buddhist teaching says, there is nothing more dangerous than an unguarded thought. And it's your thoughts that can get you into a world of trouble. Any final mm -hmm. thoughts, Laurie? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really, really great. Um, the the pattern interrupt and listening to something else, because a lot of times uh, what we don't realize is that we actually have two minds. We have our conscious mind and we have our subconscious mind. And um, 90% I love seeing you get so excited about this, the smile that just beamed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's a good realization to have um, if you're not aware, because the important thing about this is 90 or 95% of the time, your subconscious mind is what's running the show. And your, your conscious mind is only 
uh, managing about 5% of the time. So if you find that you, you know, are having a hard time, you know, um, breaking some habits or thinking differently about things or responding differently, uh, you want to, but you just can't seem to get it. Understand that a lot of that is the subconscious programming that was basically programmed into your mind before you were seven years old. All of those things happen in childhood. And then we don't realize as we become adults, um, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep reacting this way? Why does this keep happening? Well, a lot of it is not, even when you know, I don't want this, I want to change, but you just can't seem to. So you have to get down into the subconscious and reprogram it. And one of the ways that you can do that, like you suggested, is to listen to something else, but you must do it continually. You must listen to whatever it is you choose to help you with that like it every day for at least once a day and it doesn't have to be long 15 minutes um for at least 21 days and then you will start to reprogram some of those you know negative beliefs or negative patterns or responses um you know that you've been that have been part of you since you were a child so it can be done but but you do have to cut yourself a little bit of slack if you've been struggling and understand that there are things going on beneath the surface that you may not be aware of but now once you're aware you can do something about it but it will it will take a little bit of effort and consistent reprogramming and it's very successful and you can completely change your entire life if you do that yeah, absolutely. And that's obviously how you and I ended up working together. You know, I've talked about the story a number of times, um, you know, and it is literally um, incredible. There are literally no limits as to what you can do. And the great thing about it is you can study that which you desire to become. We talked about this a few weeks ago because um, people will always say, oh, well, what do I study? Whatever. What do you want to do? Do you want to be a best-selling author? You know, there are books out there. There's a ton of stuff out there. Do you want to be an artist? You know, whatever it is, you know, if you want to learn the stock market, if you want to learn finances, it's all out there on YouTube. You can literally type in, you know, Robert Kiyosaki audiobooks. It is there. Um, mm -hmm. But the importance, as Laurie said, and I really, really want to make this clear, folks, um, you know, about the consistency is because like a muscle, like the top part of your arm, your bicep, um, if you do not train it at least once or twice a week, it is going to get, it's, you're basically going to revert back to what it was before, which is just skin and just, you know, it's just going to be there. Your brain is the, so powerful. You've no idea, you know, how powerful your brain is until you put it into action. And it's sitting there waiting for you to put it into action. Say, teach me something. Let, let, let's do this. You know, it's like the little robot inside your head that's controlling your body. Um, and it is phenomenal. And when you start to understand this, people will be like, wow, what the heck did you do to yourself? And they'll want to do it to them. But one of the final things that I really want to, I think, uh, really just uh, emphasize more than anything, this needs to begin. I honestly prescribe you know, from childhood, from the time that they are little babies, because as mm -hmm. Joe and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, Laurie, uh, we were talking regarding bullying in schools. And uh, I think there'd been another series of severe bullying and things that I think had gone on over in the USA and in London, uh, which is the opposite end of the country to me. And, um, you know, it, the topic came up and we were talking about it. And I said, you know, the part of the reason for this is because children in particular, they grow into adults. And like you rightly said, they just sort of drift along. They get a job, they get married or relationships, and then that's them. 
and they wonder why they're miserable and they wonder why they do the foolish acts that they do. And it's because they've never been taught how to inner engineer, how to self-master. And it has to begin in the schools and it has to begin, you know, from the time you are babies, because if it doesn't, then that's why you've got a lot of this bullying stuff going on because people don't know how to manage themselves. So I think honestly that um, yoga and, and as I call it, mental medication, call it mind management, we will get a better name for it at some point. Um, you know, I think it has to take place and it has to take place in the schools en masse rather than some of the teachings that are going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I think they've, uh, seems like they're getting a little off course to put mm. it mildly um, and taking some liberties that uh, yes. they have not uh, been granted by um, parents of children. Yeah. So that is of great concern. Um, and I think you're, you know, you're right about um, some things that need to be maybe reprioritized in the schools. Um, but parents, I mean, it starts at home, of course, and there are plenty of parents that are doing a great job teaching their children <clears throat> values and morality and kindness and maturity at home so that when they get into a school environment where they're surrounded by a lot of kids that haven't been taught those things, they're able to still manage themselves and come through it okay without succumbing to some of the, you know, tragedies and bullying and stuff. But it's hard. I mean, yeah. that's, it's, it's hard, but it does have to start at home. And then it would be wonderful if certainly at some point, um, at the education system um, got up to speed with what is really yeah. needing to be taught as far as managing, you know, your emotions and basic fundamental values and how you treat people. Yeah. Uh, that really needs to be right up there with, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic, yeah. as they say. Um, some of these other things that have been a focus, um, I, I strongly believe that schools have no business right. even discussing, even bringing it up no business at all so um that's something that i would really like to see start to change it's it, and i completely agree with you you know and i find it really interesting because and, and this sort of slid in nicely to the conversation because just before um i obviously laurie and i came on the show my wife was telling me about a, a, a transgender psychologist and mm -hmm. how concerned that she was uh, with regards to the amount of, you know, kids and, and I suppose now teenagers that are going for transgender operations, you know, as young as 13, but they're starting to talk about it from five and six years old. And I honestly believe, and I'll go on record, folks, because at the end of the day, with sci social science, this is the stuff that we explore and examine. This is stuff for you to think about. We'd love to hear your views on it, of course. Um, but I honestly believe sometimes that teachers and in terms of the higher ups, um, you know, a lot of the teachers, they're just following orders. But in terms of the higher ups, it's almost like they and scientists are playing a very cruel game here, because this is what happened in the 1800s when they started operating on brains before they had any form of, uh, you know, pain relief or anything like that. It was a case of, well, anyone that's on the street, you know, they can come in, we'll give them a free meal. And basically they were, you know, part of the surplus population. Who cared if they, you know, had their eyeballs popped out and the brains and everything. This is what happened. And I honestly believe this is what's happening again, because again, history repeats itself. This is no surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Medical I, I, experimenting on, on our children is appalling. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
it's, it's appalling. And I, and I question, I question the judgment of yeah. parents that are willing to go along with allowing Absolutely. that. I kind of think how it's not that hard to think back to when you were a teenager, mm -hmm. because you're right, this usually starts going on uh, in the early teen years, 12, 13, 14. For me, when I was a teenager, Laurie, this, I mean, we had that I knew of one person that was a homosexual in the school. And he was known, he was very open about it. Um, I don't think we ever had conversations, oh, so-and-so is a lesbian, or so-and-so is this, or so-and-so is that. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago that I think the schools are massively focusing on the wrong thing. Um, yes, it, it used to be that, you know, people would go to school to get an education, to basically go to be a worker. That's what you're trained to do. As what a person who you're very fond of, I know Gary V, he was talking about that several weeks ago. Um, you know, people go to school to be trained to be a worker, and that's what they do. They're not trained to be an entrepreneur. Um, that's by the by. But, you know, when you start getting away from that, and now it's a case of, well, you need to know about Black history, you need to know about lesbian history, you need to know about you know, gay history. It's like, it's, it's history. I mean, you talk to Morgan Freeman and he gets really cross when, you know, you ever hear, you know, someone call it black history. It's like, why does that for black history? It's history. Um, yeah. And I can understand. And I see this a lot with people now that you would almost stereotypically expect to, oh, well, this is great. This is wonderful. And they're like, no, this is not great. This is not wonderful. And I think, like I say, I mean, you know, we don't have kids at this point, but for us, it's been a conversation we've had a lot that's like, would we homeschool? Because we can control them what they learn. And I can make sure that they learn how to manage money, how to you know, be entrepreneurs, how to do whatever they need to do. But I think when you start getting away from you know, what you're actually there for, and it starts to be more of a seemingly a political game and um, you know, a very, very dangerous game, I think it is so, so dangerous. And again, if people dealt with their inner engineering, with their self-mastery, mental health issues, 95% of them would be gone. A lot of these issues of, you know, well, what is my sexual identity? Again, they're looking in the wrong place. You know, go back and watch the show from a couple of weeks ago, folks, because Joe and I, we talk about this in depth. But again, they forget that they are a divine being having a temporary human experience, that their identity is not to be found in, you know, sexual identity or mental illness. And then it, it, it defines them. Um, so I find right. it very interesting. Sorry, Laurie, what was your, your thoughts there? Yeah. No, just, just to um, tag into what you're talking about. I, I just think it's important to recognize and remember when you were um, some parents and adults, uh, uh, teachers, whatever, when you were a teenager, uh, you were very confused. <laughs> you, you think you know everything, but you know very little. Right. And so allowing um, uh, allowing young people that are you know, still children to make such permanent yes. decisions when you know they are not um, emotionally mature enough to really understand the ramifications and the and the long term effects of what they're doing is so irresponsible. It's so unbelievably yeah. irresponsible that I, I mean, it, I just don't know how anyone can can conceive that that's an okay thing to do. And actually, uh, uh, it's funny that you brought this up today because this morning uh, when I woke up, I was reading reading an article on this exact topic, and it's talking about uh, it talks about several young women that were allowed mm -hmm. and not only allowed but um, supported. Yeah. Um, some by their parents, some not, but by the school, by the psychologist, the therapist, the doctor, 
um, to go ahead and move forward mm -hmm. with making these drastic, yeah. sometimes irreversible changes. And now that they're a little bit older, so this happened when they're 14, 15, 16, seven, now that they're 20, 21, 22, they all regret yeah. it. And they all wish that they would have had better support and uh, a wider range of information than the narrow information that they got that kind of railroaded them saying, yes, this is the best thing for you. Um, they all regret it and they all think it's a tragedy yeah. that's going on. So I think that just when you're at one of the most insecure and confused stages mm -hmm. of your entire life is not the time yeah. to be deciding that you're going to start, you know, adding hormones blocking others and hacking off body parts that's insanity yeah yeah or, or in some cases brutally adding body parts um I right. have a friend of mine that was female that is i believe going through the, the transition to become male and she described or he i don't know how to describe it, they described it to me um and it's brutal you know it is absolutely brutal and um you know i i think again as, as we've said many times before whenever i talk to anyone when we um, mentor folks medication is always to me the last answer to the problem unless it's obvious as to what's going on there but it's it's more important to get to the root of what's going on here and um, to, to give a little insight here folks and i know we're, we're you know going off in a different area that's okay some gold nuggets for you um you know what you tend to find is when you're 13 years old probably to maybe anywhere from the age of about seven to nine probably to the age of about 14 15 your brain is flip-flopping so sometimes you can feel more male in terms of your masculinity and your hormones other times you can feel more female in terms of your hormones and that's your brain doing this all the time it's developing that's what happens but as, as you rightly said, Laurie, you know, the fact that scientists, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised in the slightest that science, maybe I am in this day and age, but that scientists would take advantage of that and it would be backed by the government all in the name of, you know, well, you've got to be who you are. And the danger is you're being told be who you are by people who have no idea who they are. They're just backing what they believe that they are told. And it's come from somewhere. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd be interested I to know where. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think, you know, a lot of this boils down to, you know, we all have a, uh, one of our most powerful human needs is connection. And when it's, it, <laughs> we are at a time of extreme disconnection with what's been going on for the last couple of years. Not only that, but even outside of that, though, when you're a teenager in school, mm -hmm. it you know, the need to yeah. be part of a group is powerful. It's, um, it's so overwhelmingly powerful um, because, you know, we don't want to be an outsider. Yeah. Uh, to be an outsider, to not be part of the group is it, it goes to our kind of ancient, you know, lizard brain mm. of survival. If you are outside of the group, if you are outside of the tribe, you know, if you are outside then and you're disconnected, that meant probably certain death. You yeah. needed to be part of the group, part of your tribe in order to help ensure your survival. So that's still a very powerful human need. Um, and we, you know, there's an aspect of ourselves that still interprets if I'm not part of this group, uh, if I'm not accepted, part of you, you know, in a weird way thinks I'm not going to survive. That's devastating. That's the worst thing ever. So I think, you know, what's happening and kids are mean. They're still mm -hmm. learning, yeah. um, you know, what it is to be a, a, a good human being. 
they're so they're mean. And so when you are not part of what you perceive to be the in group or the, or any group, you will start resorting like what's happening to well maybe if i'm not this person and i'm that person instead i will belong i'll have belonging i'll be important i'll be connected uh and to to another extreme i was hearing um about uh some of these kids that are deciding that they're going to be cats they're not going to yes. be the other gender mm -hmm. they're going to be an animal instead yep. and now they want schools to put litter boxes in the schools for them and they're <laughs> dressing up with you know with fuzzy tails and ears and walking uh -huh. around on all fours you know so i think you know before when you were part of when you felt like you were on the fringe yeah. of your peer group you know you just you were just miserable you just dealt mm -hmm. with it or you found your other few yeah. people that were like that and you got through it um but now what they're doing is going to extremes yeah. well i'll form my own group and i'll be this i can be anything i want yeah. i can be a boy if i was born a girl or vice versa or i can be a little of each yeah. or i can be a fucking cat excuse my french so i think that that is a very alarming yeah. place to be um I, so i think that you know understanding that this this goes to a very deep driving human need of i need to be connected to something i need to be part yeah. of something i need to be feel like i'm important and the the more you have of that at home yes the, the less likely you will be seeking it in such drastic ways outside of your home in in school or or in, in some of these other more ex extreme types of behaviors you know it's just so you can be part of a group absolutely see the thing is i mean that they see uh, at the moment it, it's happening a lot and it's happening sorry girls but it's happening more in girls than it is in guys yep. um and younger as well we're talking ages from three to 13 that is the number that people are actually getting sexual changes um to their bodies i mean a three-year-old i mean seriously anyway um, but what they tend to find is, as you rightly said, Laurie, and it's by the time that they reach 16 to 22, 23, 24, um, it's normally between 60% to 80% of people that either want to have it undone, reversed, you know, if it is reversible, um, or yeah. that regret that they've done it. But what you just described there, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's the kind of thing, you know, when you were a small toddler, you know, in, in elementary school, primary school, um, kindergarten, you know, you're like, oh, I want to be a cat, you know, I want to be a cat. That's the kind of thing that you think, but not for a, you know, 15, 16 year old person, right. you know, I mean, can you imagine someone coming to work with us and saying, you know, well, you know, what do you want to be Mr. or Mrs? Is there an option to be a cat? It's like, next, please. You know, it's like, how? But, you yeah. know, it's it's it shows really a very, very clear perception and perspective as to the powers that be and their mindset and what's going on. And this is something like you would find in a cartoon or a film or something. This doesn't feel like, you know, in quotes, the real world. Um, mm -hmm. And yet it's happening. It, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know how, as you've pointed out many times in this discussion, history repeats itself, and it just, you know, a, a few the things. Point in the Bible, Laurie, was you know the gospel according to Pussykins. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I I missed that section. <laughs> the apocrypha of Fido, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the pendulum is swinging way over here. Yes, and it will 
it will come back absolutely and it'll swing over there you know that's just kind of the rhythm of i guess the evolution of yeah. humanity is we're all struggling to become you know more conscious beings and and more aware and um and better humans yeah. but there's always um there's always the confusion and the messiness in the middle oh, as yeah. we find our way there um so I just, I, you know, I, I pray, I really do. I, I hope and pray for some of these people that are doing such extreme things that I, my heart breaks for them when they discover at some point that, um, you know, that was maybe not the right thing for them. Yeah. And now they have to deal with the outcome yeah. and figuring out how to move forward. Uh, that's, that's tough. Um, so I would just, I would hope that um, parents um, would remember how confused yeah. they were at that age and stand strong, even if it means your kid doesn't like you anymore, but they may thank you down the road. Um, because that's one of the things, uh, even one of these that I was reading about in the story said, I wish my, my parents would not have been so willing to go yeah. along with my wishes at that age. I wish they would have said no. But, you know, and then if you're an adult and then you want to yeah. do something drastic, you know, and you have had more life experience under your belt and you feel like you're making a, a, a sound decision as an adult. But we all know that that doesn't happen when you're a child. Absolutely. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing is, if, if you know, it's, it's almost like putting out a saucer of sweets in front of a child. If you put them there and tell them these sweets are amazing, they're wonderful, you love them they're going to take the sweets. And it's almost the same as, you know, same analogy. You know, if, if you tell a child, well, if you're not happy being who you are and you change it, you're going to feel amazing. You're going to feel wonderful. You're going to feel complete. That part of you that's always been missing, you know, will suddenly be there. And it is interesting. You know, I haven't had many conversations with folks that have gone through the surgery. I have had a couple of conversations with people prior to surgery. And it's been interesting seeing their mindset more than anything else. Um, but asking one of them in particular, did this operation, you know, fulfill that need? And they said it did for a short time. And I said, well, was the pain worth it? And they said, no, because it didn't last. And I said, right, That's right. really interesting. I mean, I was very thankful that this person shared it with me. Um, but it, yeah. it, it's, it is, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting part. And like you say, I mean, I'm sure in 1700s and the 1800s, France during the revolution, you know, when the guillotine was brought in as a form of entertainment, they were thinking, uh, when does the pendulum swing back the other way? Because <laughs> it's a similar thing. It's just obviously now, instead of having people's heads and arms lopped off, they're having pussycats and, you know, um, <laughs> I dread to think who cleans out the litter box, honestly. That's, yeah. Well <laughs> I just, I, when I discovered that, when I was um, informed of that, because I, I didn't know, I, I found that out when I was traveling this past week. And I just, I was, I didn't have any words. Yeah. I just didn't even have any words for it. Um, I just, I don't know what is going through the minds of parents. Yeah. But I guess, you know, if you have a child that at the age of 14 wants to identify as a literally as yeah. a cat, um, then that pretty much answers my question yeah. about where are the parents mm -hmm. and where are their heads? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think, yeah, understanding that you can't change what's going on internally yeah. by 
making external changes and your body's an external thing. It's not you, it's an external thing that houses you. And so if you have things going on that are, you know, that you are not happy about, that are causing you pain and anguish and, you know, emotional distress, that doesn't get fixed by changing anything external, just like, you know, changing your room around, changing the furniture in your house, changing your body doesn't fix that. Absolutely. You need to you need to address that first, and then you can consider if there's some other things externally. But you got to go to the mind first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's essentially like sitting in a car. You know, our bodies are the outer shell of a car, and our spirit is what sits in the car. And no matter how much you dress it up, how big, how much you spend money on it, it's still got four wheels usually. Um, even the Batmobile has four wheels. It's still got a steering wheel. You know, it's still got a windscreen. It's still got a radio player that's going to lose signal at some point. Um, you know, so it's been a really interesting conversation, Laurie. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say before we wrap up for the show? Where can people find you as well on social media? Thank you. Well, I, I think I just, uh, as far as wrapping up, we, we covered a lot of ground there and, and uh, went around the world a bit, uh, which was really interesting and, and fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, one of the things um, that we could all, you know, just if we had to pick one thing, let's just um, focus for a while on on kindness. I think um, kindness to yourself, kindness to the people that you live with, to your significant others, kindness and understanding um, toward people that you may not agree with. Um, I think we just really need a massive dose of everybody just taking a breath and pausing and being kind so that's what i would say just as a as a very um simple and clean wrap up to that um and uh i can be found um on my website which is lauriebischoff.com and uh all the places you can find me are on there so i'm on twitter and instagram and facebook and uh, all the usual suspects uh my youtube uh, is laurie bischoff and then of course as you mentioned earlier the podcast is called we're talking shift and that's on all the usual platforms so i'd love to hear from you Fantastic. And it is. I mean, it's, it's a great show, uh, folks. There's no doubt about that. You get so many different guests and different perspectives and different talking points um, pretty much every single week, which is phenomenal. And for me, folks, I think, you know, as, as Jude said, you know, Laurie echoed there, you know, all about kindness. I think if people spent more time focusing on themselves and stopped focusing on and worrying about so many other people, what they're doing, how they're behaving, I think the world would actually be a lot better of a place. <laughs> it really would. Yeah. Because I think yeah. sometimes people get so caught up in, you know, oh, well, this is what she's doing. This is what he's doing. And it's like, how's it affecting you? How are you letting it affect you? Um, mm-hmm. And I think like Laurie said, you know, focus maybe on, on yourself and, and being kind to yourself because that's what's going to come out to other people. Um, and of course, I want to thank you folks for, for watching and, and sticking in there with us. If you've got questions and comments, do feel free to comment in the section below. If you have got uh, talking points and things that you want us to cover, of course, you can get in touch with us either on YouTube, Facebook, thebattleswheelface.com. And of course, if you are going through some of these struggles yourself, this is really what we're building. This is what we're talking about now, because we're aware that what's going on in the education system needs to be addressed. It needs to change and it can't just be allowed to just go on uh, unnoticed because that's the danger, you know, when... The wars happened, World War II, World War I. 
they could have been stopped so much earlier, but they weren't. And it's kind of the same situation. If you catch an incident or an illness early, the chances are you can stop it from spreading into something horrific. And that's really what we're wanting to be, you know, to, to help people become aware in these uncertain times. So, of course, folks, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Tell a friend because it could be the very thing that they need to hear in their hour of struggle. Come and visit us at thebattleswheelface.com. All our shop and brand new website is up and fully running. And uh, from Laurie and myself, until next time, take care. God bless. Have a phenomenal week, my friends, and we'll catch you same place, same time next week. Take care.